Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Roman Conciani. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer and your host for today's program. And as usual, I will start with a short market wrap. But before I report on the last few trading hours, I quickly give you an overview of the market performance during October, which turned out to be rather positive for risky assets after the horrific performances in September overall. The best performing developed world stock market in US dollar terms was the Dow Jones, the index of US heavyweights, ending the month up by almost 14%. Not far behind followed the Italian stock market up almost 10%, just like the German DAX, up 9.5% during October. On the other side of the ranking table is Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index, down almost 15% in October alone. In fixed income, some calm return to US Treasury 10-year yields, at least if one compares today's levels with the ones from the end of September. Over the month, yields added around 20 basis points and the yield curve overall stayed around as inverse as it was at the beginning of the month, although with plenty of volatility in between. The US dollar closed off the month about where it started, based on ICE's US dollar index, which measures the performance of the US dollar against its major peers around the world. Gold, meanwhile, was underperforming, down almost 4% in dollar terms over the month. Oil is about 6% higher and Bitcoin about 7% compared with the last trading day of September. Overall, October was a highly volatile month for markets, uh, but it looks as if especially fixed income and stock markets are now going through a bottoming phase. Now, with regard to yesterday's trading action, US markets took a breather after the strong trading days last week. The S&P 500 index closed the day down by 0.7%, with only one sector ending the day in the green, namely energy, which is up 0.6%. Underperformers yesterday were telecom and tech, both losing more than 1%. The VIX index, measuring implied volatility of the S&P's constituents over the coming 30 days, was slightly up and is now trading just below 26 points. During the trading session, US Treasury yields rose but paired their gains overnight again to a certain degree. The 10-year is currently at 4.02% and the 2-year at 4.45. Gold is a bit higher this morning with 1 ounce trading at 1640 US dollars, just like Brent oil, which is up a bit more than $1, trading at 94.20. Bitcoin meanwhile is at 20,600 US dollars, up about 1% too. In terms of news, US President Joe Biden was on tape saying that he'd seek to impose higher taxes on oil companies that record windfall profits without reinvesting in production. However, markets don't seem to buy this as no such proposal is likely to pass the current Senate. So unless the Democrats make unexpected gains in next week's midterms, it is highly likely that any such proposal will be blocked by Republicans and centrist Democrats. Overnight, stock markets in Asia rallied, fueled by strong gains in Hong Kong listed companies after the index there fell to the lowest level since 2009 on Monday on unconfirmed social media posts speculating that a committee was being formed to assess scenarios on how to exit COVID-0. Market participants, however, said that this strong rebound likely reflected some bottom fishing rather than the start of a material recovery and expect the markets there to remain nervous overall. In Australia, meanwhile, the central bank raised interest rates by another quarter point, as expected with the currency and 10-year yields reversing earlier gains on the news. 
A look at the scoreboard this morning shows that the Hang Seng is still pushing higher, up by around 5.5%, followed by Chinese onshore shares, which are up about 3.5% overall. Also, the Australian equity market is strongly up on the small interest rate hike there, ending the day 1.65% higher. The Japanese Nikkei closed up 0.3%. Looking forward to the first trading day of November, which has historically been one of the strongest months of the year for year stocks, the odds for a positive start are good. European shares are set to track gains in Asia based on early futures trading. Expected data include manufacturing PMIs from around Europe and still plenty of companies reporting on their third quarter results. Among them are Eli Lilly, Pfizer and AMD. BP has already reported this morning, delivering stronger than expected and announcing a 2.5 billion US dollar share buyback. Still, all trading action today will be overshadowed by the upcoming rate decision by the US Central Bank, which is expected to deliver another jumbo hike of 75 basis points tomorrow. It remains to be seen whether the Federal Reserve will deliver any kind of guidance on whether they believe that they can lower the pace of rate increases to contain inflation in the US. In case of a slightly more dovish Fed tomorrow, JP Morgan expects a 10% rally in the S&P. So this is all for the Markets Wrap today. And now I'm pleased to hand over to Nena Dinic from our equity strategy team, who has an update on his takeaways from the Brazilian presidential elections last Sunday and how they could influence financial markets going forward. The Brazilian Ibovespa index ended the day up by 1.3% yesterday after starting trading deep in the red. Nenat, thanks for joining. The floor is yours. Good morning, Roman. Thank you for having me here today. So, as you mentioned, on Sunday night, Brazil elected its new president in a runoff vote where Luis Inácio Luis da Silva of the left-wing Workers' Party has won against the current far-right president, Jair Bolsonaro. Starting in January 2023, this will be Lula's third time serving as Brazil's president following his two term presidency between 2003 and 2010. And while this result was largely expected by the polls and somewhat priced by the market, we believe that one of the key takeaways is that this was the tightest presidential election in Brazilian history. Lula won 50.9% of the valid votes compared to Bolsonaro, who received 49.1%. This reflects how divided the country is which is an incentive for Lula to not be a radical left-wing president, otherwise he might lose his popularity quickly. And if you combine this evidence with the Congress election on October the 2nd, where right-leaning parties have increased their influence in the lower house and the Senate, Lula will have a difficult task to push some of his ideas without moderating his stance. In other words, the presidential election this Sunday and the Congress election on October the 2nd increases the probability that Lula's government will be more pragmatic and positioned more towards the center of political spectrum. Broadly speaking, this was good news for markets and Brazilian assets. As Roman already mentioned, we have seen quite a strong rebound in Brazilian assets yesterday. After deep losses at the market open, by the end of the day, the currency appreciated by more than 2% against the dollar and equities also closed 1.3% higher. We expect investors to focus mainly on two things in the coming days and weeks. First of all, much depends on Lula's choice of cabinet members and if they are seen as market friendly and pragmatic, especially the finance minister as he will be in charge of the fiscal policy under Lula's supervision. However, we don't know when this will happen. 
His choice could be communicated as early as the next few days, but also only in December. Secondly, we still wait for Bolsonaro's reaction. He remained silent since Sunday and hasn't commented on his defeat at this point. At the same time, nationwide protests have intensified by his supporters who don't accept the result, especially from truck drivers who have blocked over 300 major highways in the country that hurt the economy. So there is growing speculation about the president's next steps that need to be closely monitored. It is still a low probability tail risk that Bolsonaro does not accept the result and would question the electoral court, but Bolsonaro could obviously use the next two months to handicap Lula's administration. So a positive reaction from his side would relieve the markets because it would allow a smooth government transition. Currently, we have a neutral equity rating and a hold rating for Brazilian sovereign bonds. Nevertheless, we see Brazil as the most attractive equity market in Latin America and believe that long positions could become attractive for several reasons. As soon as we have more visibility on Lula's cabinet, fiscal policy, as well as signs of a smooth transition for the new government. First, political noise should decrease in the coming months, which lowers volatility for Brazilian equities and attracts higher inflows from foreign investors. Second, Brazilian equities are one of the few that have delivered positive total returns this year and still stand at attractive valuation levels both in absolute terms and relative to the broad emerging market. And finally, the macroeconomic tailwinds are very supportive compared to other countries. Brazil has seen consecutive months of deflation and ended its tightening cycle this summer already, with first rate cuts anticipated in the second quarter of 2023. That's all from my side, Roman. I'll gladly hand over back to you. Thank you very much, Nenad. Well, with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you very much to our speaker and thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you'll join us again soon. I wish you all a good day ahead. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Bear experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.